My last 12 seed is no doubt my favorite mid-major conference. It is the Atlantic 10. I watched 11 of these 15 teams play live last season, went to 14 A-10 games, including the A-10 tournament, and then also went to their one NCAA tournament game, watched VCU go down to St. Mary's. In the A-10 this year, I have in a tier of their own It's probably my favorite team in this conference with the experience that they gave me. It is the Dayton Flyers out of Dayton, Ohio, a program that loves their basketball, a city that loves their basketball, and that's why I love this conference so much. So many of these teams don't have football, so their programs, their schools, their fan base are all bought in for college basketball, and it is the focal point of their years. Dayton, in a tier of their own, below them, I have from 2 to 6, a couple teams that combined to go 12-24 and 24 in the A-10 last year. One had a tough transition in the A-10 in St. Bonaventure and in Loyola, Chicago, VCU at 4, Duquesne at 5, and St. Joe's at 6. In my next tier, I have George Mason at 7, St. Louis at 8, and Fordham at 9. Fordham fans are not going to be thrilled with where I have them. But then at 10 through 15 in a tier of their own, I have George Washington, Davidson, Richmond, Rhode Island, UMass, and LaSalle. A lot of this conference up at the top has to replace a decent amount of their rotation. If you look at who won this conference, VCU, I feel for that program because they had so much promise for the future with as young as that team was. But they lose each of their seven leading scorers and head coach, Mike Rhodes. Absolute killer for that team. Dayton lost two of their top three leading scorers who finished tied second last year. St. Louis lost their second through seven leading scorers. Only in their top seven returning their leading scorer, Gibson Jimerson. Fordham, who finished tied second last year loses three of their top five in each of their first two leading scorers. So that's why I see teams like St. Bonaventure, Loyola Chicago, with continuity vaulting their way significantly up the A-10 standings. But for Dayton, who I have as the conference champion, Anthony Grant in his seventh season, this program, for whatever reason, over the last couple decades, has consistently more than struggled in the A-10 tournament, even when they've had some really good basketball teams, tough to win a tournament in a 15-team conference. They bring back Deron Holmes. He was a beast, simply too big for the A-10, averaged 18.5 and eight boards a game. I watched this Dayton team six times in person last year. Holmes' most impressive performance was probably at Fordham, went for 32-6, and six, only missed three shots from the floor. Fordham never brought the double, and that was a mistake. In the conference championship game, he was about the only solid player for Dayton in that one, went for 28 points, 16 boards in five blocks, had half of the Flyers' points in that game. That was a two-point game with five minutes to play. They were up a decent amount early in the second half and lost that game by double figures. They'll have to replace Tumani Kamara. Kamara was special when I saw him, a really aggressive rebounder, 14 points, nine rebounds a game, saw him score near 30 points a couple times. Also lose Amzeal, Blakeney, and then for whatever reason, couldn't find a significant role in this rotation despite his talent. Mike Sherva Jamps is also out, has transferred to San Francisco. But 
Their fourth to lit six leading scorers are also back with Holmes. Kobe Elvis, Malachi Smith, a couple of those guys averaged about eight, eight and a half points last year. Malachi Smith up to five and a half assists. Elvis also chipped in three. But those guys missed significant time last year and have not been able to stay healthy the last couple seasons. They'll need to for this team to meet where I have them in the rankings and win this conference tournament. Also, Kobe Brea is a great shooter that's back, averaged seven points a game. Watched him have a good shooting performance at Fordham in front of some of his hometown fans. This team went to the transfer portal to improve. Enoch Cheeks out of Robert Morris averaged 15.5 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, nearly a couple steals. Also bringing a double-figure guy that averaged over 3 assists and Javon Bennett out of Merrimack won the regular season and conference tournament in the NEC last year, but due to transitioning didn't get to go to the NCAA tournament. Isaac Jacks, also a role guy out of Buffalo that's in, and Nate Santos struggled to see the floor on the round of 32 Pittsburgh team, but he's in at Dayton and will try to help the rotation. So bringing back four of their top six scorers from a year ago, but granted, Smith, Elvis, missed a ton of time. They need those guys to be healthy. But if they are, that backcourt with the addition of Cheeks, the shooting of Kobe Bray, Deron Holmes, man in the middle inside, and those other role guys they got in the transfer market, I think this team has more talent than anyone else in the conference, and they should be the favorites to win it. At number two, St. Bonaventure, Mark Schmidt in his 17th season was having to replace the Ironman 5 a year ago that had started for about three, four straight years for the Bonnies. And they had more success, honestly, in the 8-10 than I anticipated. Finished middle of the pack, tied 8th, 8-10 in this conference, had so many sophomores, freshmen, a couple juniors playing for them. They bring back each of their six leading scorers. You know how hard it is to go into the Riley Center and come out victorious. Now they bring back their top six guys. It's going to be all the more difficult. Daryl Banks is the leading scorer back. Averaged 15 and a half last year at St. Bonaventure. Former really good player at St. Peter's. Helped lead him to the Elite Eight. And did very well in the transition to the A-10. I watched him go for 27 St. Bonaventure would not have beat George Mason, wouldn't have been close if Daryl Banks wasn't on the floor that night, went 6 of 11 from 3. He's a lethal shooter when he gets hot. Chad Vinning inside averaged 13.6 boards. Luck also averaged 11, 4.5 assists, nearly 2 steals a game. But they went to the transfer market to improve this roster, not just the top 6 back. Schmidt not just satisfied with that. Brings in Micah Adams-Woods, averaged nine points a game at Cincinnati in the American. Noel Brown played roll minutes, six foot eleven center at George Washington in the A-10 last year, about 11 minutes a game. But the biggest transfer is Charlie Pride out of Bryant. I feel like there was too much talent on that Bryant team last year and they couldn't be cohesive because of it. He's now transferred to St. Bonaventure Averaged 14.5 and and 6 last year, shot 37% from 3, but the year prior, he was an 18-point-a-game guy. He could lead this team in scoring, but with that backcourt of Kyrell, Banks, Pride, that's a lot of guys that can put the ball in the hole alongside Vinning inside. Flowers averaged 9, Farrell averaged 9, Adams Woods averaged 9 at Cincinnati last year. This team could contend with Dayton up at the top. I have them in a tier below 
given that they were four games below Dayton last year. But St. Bonaventure will be much improved. At number three, I have Loyola Chicago, another team that will be much improved. Bring back four of their top five leading scorers. Only main guy gone is Marquise Kennedy, who was on that final four team at Loyola Chicago. But they bring in some big-time transfers, several double-figure guys. Greg Dolan, out of Cornell. Also bring in Dartmouth's leading scorer. So Dartmouth and Cornell, two Ivy League leading scorers on their team, are in. Both averaged about 13, 14 points a game. Dame at Dartmouth averaged seven boards to go along with it. Both of those guys, 41, 42% three-point shooters, so very good from the perimeter. Des Watson out of Davidson averaged nine and a half last year, now at Loyola Chicago. Also bring in an ORU transfer that has NCAA tournament experience and Patrick Mwamba averaged eight and over five and a half last year. So those four transfers with Braden Norris coming back, their leading scorer averaged 11 a game. Sorry, their second leading scorer averaged 11 a game. Philip Alston was their leader last year at 15, nearly six boards, shot at 40% from three. Schweiger averaged nine. Welch averaged seven. So four key returners, along with some back-end rotational guys, in four double-figure or very close to it scoring transfers. Loyola Chicago's added much-needed talent to the roster after finishing dead last in a brutal transition from the Missouri Valley to the A-10 for Coach Drew Valentine, but I see it being short-lived and them near the top of the A-10 standings this year. At number four, I have VCU. Ryan Odom coming in after Utah State. VCU faithful have to be a little frustrated since the Shaka Smart era. Yes, they've had a ton of success. Don't get me wrong, of course, thrilled with that. But it seems like all the coaches that they bring in use VCU as a launching platform to get to a bigger program afterwards, which is crazy as well respected as VCU is in the mid-major ranks, but a lot of guys trying to get to that power six level. Ryan Odom, ton of success last couple years at Utah State after having elite success at UMBC in terms of winning an NCAA tournament game, the famous first ever 16 over a one was done by this coach. But VCU, a ferocious defensive team a year ago, turned you over at such a ridiculous rate, were terrorizing. And then when they would turn you over, so effective scoring in transition. But all the guys that did that so well are gone outside of Zeb Jackson. He only averaged five points a game, though, for this team a year ago. Coach Odom hit the transfer portal pretty hard, bringing in two of his double-figure scorers from Utah State last year. And Sean Bairstow and Max Shulga, both double-figure guys, both averaged about five rebounds a game. Shulga, four assists to go along with. Jason Nelson out of Richmond from the A-10 averaged eight points a game last year. He is in Roosevelt Wheeler, Played role minutes last year for Louisville, just about nine minutes a game, but we'll have to help him inside. And then Kawani Kawani at a Cal, averaged nine points a game, four boards in the Pac-12. That was an awful, the worst team in all of Power Six, California team, but still able to average near double-figure points in the Pac-12 should be able to help VCU. Still, so many pieces having to come together right away with Odom trying to implement his system that I have this team not being up at the top like they were last year and have them at four. Number five, Duquesne, Coach Keith Dambrot. Really good season last year, 10 and 8, nice bounce back year. 
bring back their two leading scorers, Day-Day Grant, 15.5 last year, over 40% from three, four and a half boards, Jimmy Clark, their only other double-figure guy, averaged 12 last year for him, over two steals a game, he's back as well. They do lose their third through fifth, and seventh and eighth leading scorers. So decent amount of the rotation gone, but the two biggest scoring pieces back along with Trey Williams. They bring in the Drame brothers, formerly at St. Peter's. A lot of those guys in that NCAA tournament run still playing college basketball, but at different destinations. Those guys were in the A-10 at LaSalle last year. One of them averaged nine and five. The other averaged six and a half and four and a half. Should certainly help them inside. Another nice scoring and rebounding transfer in the Sun Belt in Andre Sarversov out of Georgia Southern averaged over 14 and seven boards a game. And another nice score and rebounder, this time from the Power Six ranks in Dusan Mohorcic averaged nine points, six and a half boards. So you can see that for the inside presences, Coach Dambrot wanted to go with some transfers to bring in experience. All four of those guys are graduate seniors because Coach Dambrot's confident in his backcourt with Day-Day Grant and with Jimmy Clark. Duquesne, I have in that second tier, could contend anywhere from two to six. St. Joe's, I have at six. Watched them twice last year, both times lost close basketball games. But they're bringing back their three leading scorers. Should have Joe Lunardi and company happy. Um, Also, their five to seven leading scorers. Six of their top seven are back. Eric Reynolds, I watched him go for 18 points on St. Louis then 19 points on Dayton. He averaged 19.5 last year, shot at 38% from three. Their big scorers back. And two other 12-plus point-per-game guys in the backcourt, and Lynn Greer and Cameron Brown. The Hawk never dies at St. Joe's. I got to see that in the worst way in a horrible bad beat on December 31st to ruin my New Year's Eve against St. Louis. This team does not add any transfers. They're only bringing in freshmen to replace the little bit of what is lost, but six of their top seven back. Team that went eight and ten, tied eighth in this conference a year ago. I now have them at sixth. Dropping down a tier now at number seven, George Mason lost Kim English after a couple years, moved on to Providence. Tony Skin, now in his first season, was an assistant at Maryland. He played on that 06 George Mason Final Four team. So, of course, he's going to have a ton of pride in the program. But this team lost six of their top seven leading scorers. Only main producer back is Ronald Polite, who averaged 11.5 for this team last year. They did hit the transfer market. Darius Maddox out of Virginia Tech averaged 8.5 in the ACC. Jared Billups out of Siena averaged about 8 in 6.5. Amari Kelly at UNC Wilmington averaged eight, five and a half. Keyshawn Hall played only about 11 minutes a game, but was productive in those minutes, five and a half points at UNLV. This team could be better if Woody Newton, who played 17 minutes a game at OSU, and Jalen Haynes, who I got to watch a few times at East Tennessee State, nice score, rebounder, uses his body well. Both of those guys will need waivers, so that to me hurts the potential of this team. They also bring in a role guy from Central Michigan and a guy that averaged 7.5, 3.5, 4.5 out of LIU Brooklyn.
Similar to what VCU is experiencing with the loss of their coach and hitting the transfer market, um, George Mason under Coach Skin going to be experiencing a lot of the same and have to gel pieces together quickly. St. Louis, Travis Ford in his eighth season, can't describe last year as anything but a disappointment. That team had was, in my opinion, the most talented when you exclude the top-notch teams, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, maybe Florida Atlantic. In terms of the one-bid leagues, St. Louis had the most talented offense in the country, but couldn't make it work on the defensive end. Far too apathetic. I mean, in the three games I saw them, they gave up 75, 78, and 90 points and lost two of those three. Gibson Jimerson is their leading scorer back at 14 points a game, over a 40% three-point shooter. Certainly will have to lead the way. Doesn't have incredible point guard Yuri Collins. Average double-figure assist. That just doesn't happen in college basketball. I watched him have 15 assists on two shots. Losing so much of the rotation is going to hurt. Terrence Hargrove, he's a very fiery, competitive guy. He seemed to be the only one on the bench that truly cared, if I'm being honest, when I watched them last year. Average 6-4. and four. They do bring in some double-figure transfers. One of the American and Tim Dalger averaged 10-5 and five last year at Tulsa. And Michael Meadows averaged 11 at Portland. But that's really it in the transfer portal. When you only bring back one of your top seven, St. Louis certainly going to drop off. Went 12-6 and six last year. I have them at eight. At number nine, I've got Fordham. I would love for Fordham to finish higher than that. What a job Keith Ergo did. The program had to be disappointed with Kyle Neptune leaving. I heard about it. But geez, Ergo in year one going 12 and six in the conference after a one and three start, getting them to the A10 semis, have to be thrilled with the job Ergo did in his first season. He lost his two leading scorers in Darius Quisenberry in Khalid Moore. Those guys made this offense go, both 15 plus a game guys. Gotta watch this team four times last year and they certainly improved throughout the season. They do bring back their third, fourth, sixth, and seventh leading scorers. So four of the top seven in the rotation are back at a couple transfers, both double-figure guys, and Medor out of UTSA averaged 14 points, three and a half boards, four assists, steal and a half as well, and then Joshua Rivera who averaged 10 and a half and five and a half at Lafayette, but losing quiz losing more, losing a nice inside piece as well. I think you're going to see a drop-off for Fordham. I may have it too harsh at nine, but I think this team will be a middle-of-the-pack team this next year. But I'm hoping for better because I love the Fordham faithful and the Bronx need something to cheer about. In the last tier, George Washington, I have at 10. I'll kind of breeze through these teams because I don't expect them to be very competitive, and I think the best that they'll do each of these six is finish middle of the pack. George Washington went 10-8 and eight last year, lost their second leading scorer, Brendan Adams, but bring back James Bishop, who averaged nearly 22 points a game last year, over five assists. The one game I saw them play, watched them lose to LaSalle, and it was in large part because Bishop wasn't very good at 14 on 4 of 15 from the floor. They bring in a few transfers, Antoine Smith out of Evansville. Benny Schroeder um, played limited minutes last year at Oklahoma. 
but he's a foreign guy that has some potential. Um, Smith averaged eight points a game last year at Evansville. Outside of that, the other transfers are guys that really didn't get to see the floor last year at their prior stops at Princeton, Virginia, and at Auburn. Maximus Edwards is the only other double-figure guy alongside Bishop, but they lose five of their top seven. However, I've got them at the top of this bottom tier strictly because of the scoring production of James Bishop. At number 11, I have Davidson, went 8-10 and 10 last season, and now Foster Lawyer's gone, um, along with Sam, averaged 15.7 boards a game. Foster averaged 16, 4.5, 4.5. Those two pieces will not be easy to replace. Grant Huffman's the leading scorer back at 9.5 points a game last year. Second leading scorer, David Skogman, inside, averaged 7.5 and, and 5, but no one on this roster averaged double figures. They bring in a couple power six guys that played a few role minutes at their prior stops at Villanova and at Stanford, but I think there'll be a drop-off for this Davidson team this year, even after going 8-10 and 10 last year, and Matt McKillop's second season taking over for his dad. Richmond, I have at 12. Losing Tyler Burton to transfer to Villanova is a killer. They could have had him return, but he is gone. Neil Quinn inside averaged nine and a half, four and a half. Burton last year gone, averaged 19 and seven and a half for this team. Gotta watch him in a rivalry game against VCU. Close game early, but like VCU was so good at doing, they go on a big time run, 15 0 run in the second half to win that game. Delani hunts in from Wagner. 11 points a game, watched him in that rec league gym that Wagner has. Jordan King averaged 15.5 at East Tennessee State. Really good score that I got to watch a couple times. And then Tyler Harris at Western Carolina, role guy for them, but did play 26 minutes a game last year. So three experienced transfers are in, but again from lower conferences now transitioning up to the A-10 Losing Tyler Burton and three of their top four leading scorers, Richmond should be down this season, and they finished T11 last year in this conference. Rhode Island, I have at 13, not a very good year for Archie Miller, a single-digit winning season, 5-13 and 13 in the A-10, and I don't see their hopes improving much with losing each of their four leading scorers. A nice big scoring transfer in Jaden House at High Point. Averaged 17 last year. Watched him in the Big South Tournament. Another double-figure guy out of Quinnipiac in Louise Courtright. Averaged 10, 4, and 4. Zeke Montgomery out of Bradley. Averaged 8 last year on a very good defensive team. He's a pretty good shooter. Shot at 42%. David Green also averaged 6.5 last year at Louisiana Tech. So Coach Miller relying pretty pretty heavily on transfers to help replace all that was lost. Each of the top four gone, five of the top six, seven of the top nine. So it was a max mass exodus for Rhode Island. I don't see him improving much going from 14 to 13. UMass finished 13th last year in Frank Martin's first season. Another coach that's had a lot of success in the past, been to a Final Four at South Carolina, and just couldn't have much success in year one in the A-10. They bring in one of the most sought-after bigs in the country in Josh Cohen out of St. Francis, PA. Averaged 22-8. and Got to watch him dominate Wagner on the inside in one game last year. Matt Cross is back, their second-leading scorer. He seemed like the only guy on this team. I watched him lose to 28 to VCU. 
that had any sort of care or fight or seemed disgusted with how this team was performing. So Frank Martin, certainly happy to bring him back. Averaged 12 points, six boards a game. Those are the only two guys that averaged more than six last year on the D1 roster, and they're going to have to be a two-headed monster for this team, losing five of their six leading scores. And then lastly, I have LaSalle at 15, um, went 7-11 and 11 in this conference last year. Could be a little harsh having them this low. They do bring back three of their top five leading scorers. Khalil Brantley averaged 14 and a half, five boards, four assists last year over a steal and a half. Jameer Brickus was close to a double figure guy last year at 9.8, but they don't bring in any transfers like so much of the rest of the A10 did. Only one Juco guy, no D1 impactful transfers, I should say. Um, I have LaSalle and Fran Dumfries' second season finishing at the back of the pack, but knowing how well respected Coach Dunfrey is for what he's done in his career. Surely they'll finish better than that, but that's just where I slotted them. I have Dayton winning this conference in a tier of their own, followed behind them St. Bonaventure, Lola Chicago, VCU, Duquesne, St. Joe's will all be nipping at their heels either with continuity or with transfers brought in to try and chase down the Flyers.